everybody. Welcome to the show today. Trickle Up Politics here. That's right, coming in at you. Today we're going to be talking about conspiracies. But before that, we'll, we'll uh, I'll introduce my gracious uh, partner in crime, Mr. Sean. Hello, hello. No, he uh, did not land on the moon. No, he did not kill Kennedy. No, he did not cause 9-11. <laughs> but I am, I am hanging out with Pac and Biggie. Yes, yes, you are. I could see them in the background. That's a great background that you have on Zoom. <laughs> anyway, uh, before we get to the episode, we'll do a little, little bit of a roundup of the week. So this week uh, saw the first reopenings of state um, states, Mississippi and uh, Texas. Yes, um, I guess they just took off their parachutes halfway down. Okay. Um, and they uh, are going to probably do the same to us and try and cut off our parachutes while they're at it, right? it's kind of like it's kind of like detention it kind of reminds me of the breakfast club where the uh where the uh the principal is saying that's detention for you that's that's another you know uh day that's another another uh another week of detention it's like you know it's like the rest of the country just can't shut up and now we're gonna be stuck in detention with texas and mississippi like jesus okay anyway um the vaccines are are being distributed quite uh if i guess efficiently I, it, it looks like so that's that's been that's been good some good news there uh and yeah any words on that sean any words on the last week in texas mississippi or anything else that happened well i think it's pretty telling that texas is kind of leading the charge here i, I think it's a, a blatant play to to try to kind of change the press uh in texas after this debacle with the the power grid down there and just how many people died and the craziness so i i think it's really a blatant uh political game that's being played by the republicans and in particular the governor down there uh and and i think it's pretty easy for red states to make this switch over it's going to be seen as you know in line with most of their constituents so not surprising. It, it is sad considering uh, we have an increase this week on the week over week numbers. So where things have been looking better overall recently, uh, numbers are changing a little bit and that that's concerning. And I think the, the fact that the UK variant is supposed to become the predominant strain in the US uh, this month, sometime this month, is really concerning that, that states are making this change right when we know a variant that is without doubt more contagious and potentially more deadly um, is going to become the primary um, strain in the U.S. So I, I have some real concerns about what that means, not only for Texas and Mississippi, uh, but for the rest of us, like you're saying, we're, we're going to kind of get drug into that with with the rest of it. So uh, that that part's definitely concerning. I, I think that Biden deserves a whole lot of credit for where we're at with vaccinations right now. The fact that he has used the uh, Defense Protection Act and, and really, or Defense Production Act, uh, really, really seems to be impacting the the number of vaccines that are being produced uh, and moving the timetable up, right? We're moving timetables up from June to May uh, in terms of being able to have enough vaccine uh, to immunize everyone in the U.S. So I think that that's pretty amazing uh, that that he's been able to step in and do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, every time I look at the numbers, uh, each day, really, I know I'm one of those guys. I'm kind of like the guys, you know, with 538. I check the uh, the election uh, <laughs> chances and projections and stuff like that, just like with this. And each day, there's a, there's a, a a marker that's that is increasing, and it's been good to see um, through all this craziness and and this news of Texas. 
Um, so yeah, um, and that's the thing with uh, with my analogy with with the Breakfast Club. It's not that you know Molly Molly Ringwald is going to get detention. Molly Ringwald could get sick and die. Yeah, yeah, this is serious stuff. You just aged out everyone under like thirty, and in our listening population, by the way. Yeah, very very nearly myself too. <laughs> yeah, you, you chose thirty because that yeah that's how old I am. So you got yeah. <laughs> you're right. You're right on the marker, man. Yeah, I'm the Breakfast Club marker. <laughs> I'm the, the bellwether, right? Anyway, uh, yes, moving on. Um, we'll you know keep tabs on that stuff, of course. I'll keep checking, like I check five three eight during the uh, during the election season. Um, but yes, uh, let's get into conspiracies, misinformation, disinformation, uh, because we're not just talking about different conspiracies. I mean, that'd be kind of fun, but we're talking about the disinformation and misinformation part because of how mainstream it is in american politics um which is just mind-boggling um but anyway sean you and i were talking about this actually you know um i said let's start with something let's do something light today and it's like well let's talk about conspiracy theories (laughs) um anyway sean you were you were kind of talking beforehand about you kind of have different categories of conspiracy theories why don't you enlighten us yeah well you know, I think you bring up a good point that America's pretty obsessed with uh, conspiracies. I think we have them for a long time. It, it's not like this is anything new in our history. Uh, I do think, and we'll we'll come back to the conversation around how this impacts our politics, how it impacts kind of our relationship uh, to each other. Uh, but for me, when I started kind of thinking about conspiracies, I, I started to g- categorize them from funny and always worth a listen. Right, because some conspiracy theories just amuse me. Things like Area Fifty One, where we're experimenting on aliens and getting new technology from aliens and all of that good stuff. To Elvis still being alive and Tupac and Biggie, and they're all hanging out somewhere in Costa Rica or uh, or, or with you, yes, with me. Um, or you know, being from the Northwest, I think we have to we have to throw Bigfoot or Sasquatch in there too, right? Like you can't you can't live around here and not have some clue as to to that conspiracy and then i had a a category that i titled well maybe but not really uh and these are kind of the conspiracies where you're like oh that's possible but yeah it's probably not what we think it is so i i put things like uh skull and bones which is the the yale fraternity uh that's pumped out three presidents and a presidential hopeful um two of whom ran against each other right or is that true yeah, George W. And, and Kerry ran against each other, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, because John Kerry was a, a skull and bones guy too. Yeah, and, and both both George Bushes, uh, and I can't remember the the third president off the top of my head, but you know Freemasons and the Illuminati and and how uh, our forefathers were all kind of part of that uh, Freemason elite Illuminati group that runs the shadow government. And even, I would say even the Kennedy assassination is one of those, well, maybe conspiracies, right? But not really uh, in terms of like the CIA assassinated him because of his his love of communists and all that stuff. Uh, and then I think we start to, to get to the point where it's no longer funny or even like, oh, maybe. Uh, it, it really gets to crazy and dangerous. And those are things like Sandy Hook conspiracies where they're saying that the school shootings are are staged and they're actors and then uh QAnon which 
I know we'll talk more about because this is one of the major ones uh, today. And, you know, it's this idea of deep state cabals, satanic pedophiles and cannibals trafficking and eating children, which started on some random anonymous far right message board with some dude named Q, right? Um, and I know you'll talk more to that. And then I think there's a special section just for kind of the racist conspiracies, which which I would say kind of weave through all of them. But those are things like Holocaust deniers, birthers fall into that category. Uh, and then my notes read so many Jewish that you can't keep track of them. Because I really think it's true that there there are especially in the U.S., just so many conspiracies based around uh, individuals uh, of a Jewish background that it, it's really pretty incredible from, you know, Hollywood being controlled by um, Jews to uh, the government being controlled by them and shadow governments and deep state right. and all of those things. So yeah. those are kind of the categories that, that I saw when we started talking about this. And and I, you know, I think it's it's fun, right? Conspiracy theories are fun. They're entertaining. We talked last week about, you know, we, we like entertainment in the U.S. And sometimes that that messes with our politics. And I think this is one of those places where people find entertainment because it can be amusing or funny or even, you know, even some of these, well, maybe type conspiracies are are fascinating to just allow yourself to fall into a little bit to, to go down that rabbit hole. Uh, I remember... When I was in college, I used to commute back and forth from my hometown to where I was going to college, and I'd listen to, to Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie, um, and I, I I just really wanted to make sure that we talked about him uh, in this episode, because when it comes to conspiracy theories, uh, I mean, that that's where my love of these things grew, right? Like, it was so entertaining to listen to these people call in and talk to him about their experience with aliens or uh, their beliefs around the Illuminati or other conspiracies. It was fascinating uh, and really kind of started my love. And just harmless days back then, huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. So, yeah, and, and I, I would go one more category, and it's the other direction. It's stuff that shouldn't be considered a conspiracy theory. I think one of them that gets lumped in there is money in politics and influencing our politicians. In particular, like the main, like mainstream media, like uh, CNN or, you know, if pundits on MSNBC or Fox News, whatever, they'll be like, oh, what? The honorable gentleman would never take money from a corporation and then therefore influence policy in favor of that corporation. You are crazy. You are like all the rest of them. You know, so <laughs> so I think there is that category as well. Um, and you could there may be something else I can't really think of off the top of my head that that's probably true, a subject that's probably true about that. But I would say that money in politics definitely gets that. Maybe not so much anymore. I think, especially among uh, working people, because we see it with our own two eyes. Like, oh, so you are representing corporations, not us. Okay. Well, and I think I think the Supreme Court made that pretty obvious, right? When they when they right. declared that corporations had the same rights as people, money is is speech, and that corporations have that right. Um, it it's a pretty blatant statement that the money is allowed to corrupt politics. Right. Right. Yep. But yeah, I would say that that kind of would fit a category where, uh, where things shouldn't be considered, <laughs> considered a conspiracy theory. But I think you're really right. You hit the, hit the nail on the head with the anti-Semitism, because really I think when we, so when we trace a lot of these, uh, conspiracy theories, they kind of, you know, like, especially with like, you know, uh, the big ones, John F. Kennedy, uh, lunar landing, 
9-11, like, they break off into certain sort of uh, sex, right? You know, it's not just one. It's never just one, right? The lunar landing was fake, um, and it was done like this or that or this or that. Um, but at some point, if you break it all down, like, at some point, you get down to the bottom of the barrel. It's like, well, it was the Jews. It was, you know, uh-huh. it, it was it was, the, it was Jewish people. You know, and that's that's there's always like this underlying anti-Semitism. Well, I mean, if you're going to produce the moon landing in a studio and the Jews run all the studios, then it right. makes sense. Exactly. So, yeah. And you could pick out any one of them. So I think with the rise in media, because you're kind of saying kind of back when you're talking about listening to this stuff on, a, on the radio, that was reaching an audience. Right. So with the rise of different media platforms we see kind of a rise with more and more crazy conspiracy theories that get into the mainstream and reach a lot more people. You know, before we jump into how media has impacted kind of the spread of this, I think it's important for us to talk about why anti-Semitism has been (laughs) um, such an underlying current within conspiracy theories over the years, because I don't want people to, to view what I'm, what we're saying is kind of um, just dismissive of, of that. You know, I, I think that there is a, a real a real impact on individuals of Jewish descent, right? Whether whether they actually are fundamentally practicing Judaism or if they just come from a, a history of Jewish descent, those individuals I think have been persecuted for years be, because of their religious beliefs, generations and thousands of years, right? And and that is really based in a, in religion, and a, and I think that. As conspiracies have grown over the years, religion does not play as large a role as it used to. But religion has definitely always been an area in which we've looked to separate the other. And we still do this, right? I mean, Muslims are are still really a, a group of individuals that are marginalized and discriminated against on a regular basis. And so it's not that that's gone by the wayside, but I think that, you know, over the years, race has become a, a much more prominent factor. Uh, I think the salience of race makes that an easier target for people. But I, I think it's important for us to recognize that that the history for those of Jewish descent and the persistent stereotypes that have been turned into just a multitude of conspiracy theories led to one of the greatest holocausts in our world's history. There are many holocausts in our time, but definitely one of the major ones. And and that was a direct relationship to the creation of not just stereotypes, but conspiracies that actually line up with QAnon in a, in a really similar fashion in terms of identifying individuals, a specific group of individuals and targeting them with this idea of pedophilia and kind of this deep state or or control of societal norms and values yeah absolutely absolutely and and, and so yeah the anti-semitism dates back like like i was saying thousands of years <laughs> in any um point in history you, you could see where um there were conspiracy theories that were made from or that they were blamed for or situations they were blamed for that turned into conspiracy theories like when is the black death Right in in England or in um, all across Europe, in the thirteen uh, hundreds. But in England, they they said, well, it's it was, it's it's Jewish people, you know. So I think and you're absolutely right. And over time, it kind of culminates so much in it that you have actions like the Holocaust. You have people like Hitler, and you have other. There's there's other uh, instances in the, in the past where Jewish people have been, um, you know, persecuted against and murdered even before Hitler. But 
it culminates to those to those moments in, in, in our history where where yeah there's a mass holocaust and millions of people were, were killed and then yeah then then it goes to modern day here with QAnon right where it goes these things live on these these platforms like 4chan 8chan whatever chan you know Facebook allowed them to to fester for a very long time and that's the thing with some of the stuff is that if you if you let it be and just be like just ignore them then it festers and it turns into turns into this now this mainstream mob of craziness and because we allow those those stereotypes to be perpetuated and those and those persecutions to be allowed almost right from modes like facebook and twitter and and instagram or whatever kind of solidifies that oh yeah it's, it's okay because facebook isn't taking my shit down so it's okay to say these things yeah and i think this gets to your your comments around kind of disinformation and a shift in how the majority of society is is taking in its news right at, at least in the u.s more and more of us are are taking our news in through really pigeonholed media right whether that's through our social media pages where it's all of our friends who agree with us who are going to to share information or we can choose from do we want to watch uh far right news or do we want to watch far left news yeah, there's very little middle ground anymore in terms of media space. You you fall to one side or the other, and and I think that environment, alongside some of what we talked about around this idea of kind of turning politics into sport, and you pick a side and you stick with your side no matter what, right? Like sea wolves for life. Yeah, I, I think that leads to this environment where not only can a conspiracy be born, but all of a sudden you have not just a few random players promoting that, but all of a sudden you can have thousands of individuals who latch on to that and who can promote it. And that really leads to something like QAnon, right? Where, I mean, this conspiracy was born, what, three years ago? Maybe four years ago at max? Probably, you know, tell you the truth, it, it, all the stuff that, that QAnon is, is, it lived on the internet before this. Like, it lived in those in the shadows. Yeah, but I mean, the, the original post from Q, right? That is only about three years old, but I'm saying the whole through line of, of what they believe. Right, yeah. Is lived on the, in the depths of the internet, right? I, I absolutely agree with you. That QAnon has become kind of a, a catch basin of conspiracies. So you have... You have ideas from as far back as the Holocaust in terms of kind of this deep state pedophilia ring, right? That was uh, that was prominent in in the Nazi propaganda. Uh, mm -hmm. So that was around then, and you know, QAnon has also taken on 9/11 conspiracies about that being a false flag. Uh, it's it's taken on so many of these. Uh, conspiracies that it, it really is just a hodgepodge of everything like we're just we're just going to believe all of it because fuck it all has to be true there's a deep state and they're just fucking with all of us and that and that anybody who opposes them is the deep state so it's like me and you ordinary people can be like well no man that's not true well you're part of the deep state there conversation over well i mean levon why are you telling people uh-oh no and i think it also but we we have to or we can't we can't have a conversation about QAnon 
and, and not recognize that this is really based around Trump and Trump supporters, right? Uh, because Trump is really the savior in this conspiracy theory. Um, and now, now it's like, it's, I don't know. It's, I don't want to get into like the changes and everything of QAnon. Um, but apparently, um, he is now not like they're turning against him in a way. Anyway, um, uh, we're, we're like Joe Biden is, is actually Trump or whatever. I don't know. See, that's the thing. It's like, that's the, that's the problem with this thing is that it's ever changing information. Right. And so actually it makes it a little bit harder for intelligence agencies and stuff like that to keep up with this. And if there's possible, you know, terroristic threats and everything because it's all this information is changing and it's harder for us to keep up with it too because it's just like you could it's, everything is made up on the fly right and so it's harder for us to combat against that anyway sorry go ahead <laughs> no i one thing that i'd like to hear your perspective on around this is you know I, I think we're all pretty aware of kind of disinformation facebook and twitter and and all the conversations that have gone on really since the the fir- when Trump first ran for president and we saw Russia kind of get involved and in the recognition uh, of all the players of disinformation uh, during that election cycle. And so I'm, I'm curious for you to speak to a little bit how you see this, the impact of conspiracy theory, disinformation impacting our politics over the really the last decade, if you will. Last decade. Ooh. Well, I think first you start with um, a moment with Marjorie Taylor Greene um, shouting and yelling at the uh, the kids in Parkland. I think that's that's just really, you know, it's kind of like in a movie. It's like you see that's that's how the movie opens, and it says now now it cuts to like ten years earlier, right? <laughs> the last decade. So so really, again, it, it goes back to Facebook. Facebook rose in popularity. Um, I'm not saying Facebook is the is the the problem. <laughs> I'm just saying when all this information sharing happened um, on the internet, on the mainstream internet, is is about uh, 2010 when when Facebook became uh, more popular. So, um, in, in politics, so with I think you could go back to like with with the Tea Party, you could go back to back to that with Obama when Obama was in office. He was trying to you know let you know get legislation passed with the, with Obamacare and or Affordable Care Act, right? Um, and so this, this inf- disinformation campaign started, and it's and it's been like this for a long time. It's uh, started with the st- Southern Strategies. So you can even go back further, but we'll focus on these on this decade and this subject. <laughs> you could get into Southern Strategy if you wanted to, but <laughs> um, so it really started. I think it starts, re- you know, right there with with this like this movement, like with the Tea Party, which was which was they said it was grassroots, but it was astroturf, right? It was the Koch brothers started this astroturf bullshit with um with the tea party um they're like rise against the you know the government and everything like that with with you know, take take back your rights they're gonna say you know they're gonna dictate you to have health care <laughs> and when in reality it was actually pretty is is popular now and and it was popular then too so i think that so with the with these millionaires and billionaires buying their influence into the public scene like that and saying hey hey go get them go get them go get them right do um, do our work here because because we're going to leverage you against them right but they don't know that you know people don't know that the tea party the people came out and protest them they don't know that right i'm not saying they were paid protesters i mean some of them could have been but i think that's where that this is kind of kicks off and it goes it starts to infect the um the republican party in particular you start to see the rise with uh, ted cruz ted cruz was one of the first freaking conspiracy theories there was 
talking about hobbit homes that that the un was going to force us into hobbit homes when he was running for for congress <laughs> and so i'm actually i have this picture of an octopus right now uh in front of me i know this is weird but it's at the core you know you have the head and then all the tentacles and so <laughs> so i think that's the perfect analogy when it comes to this stuff and so so one hand feeds the other right and then you're in a pissing contest of who's going to be crazier and then you have like yeah like you had like michelle bachman you had um sarah palin right and the mccain campaign i think uh, has some responsibility when it comes to this with the rise of sarah palin right with the whole you know reverend white right thing in the 2008 campaign and that's to stoke fear among white people and so that's what some of these some of these well a lot of these conspiracy theories ended up being like with like with ted cruz with the hob homes is to scare white people that obama is going to force us into this into these cages and stuff like that when the real cages were on the on the southern border so yeah one hand feeds the other then we get to the 2016 election cycle and, and everything kind of just uh, all the dominoes fall from there and yeah it go, it's even worse where it's donald trump enters the scene and he pretty much is like well you know what this uh this party wants you know people like ted cruz and michelle bachman as their <laughs> as their leaders i'm gonna go crazier and donald trump is obviously already, already crazy as it is but that's embraced the Republican donor saw that was like, yeah, let's buy into him. Right. Because he could win the nomination. He could possibly win the presidency. Right. We, he could garner enough support, just be enough populist, but also get these people riled up to go vote because, because uh, the liberals are going to come, come and attack you in the middle of the night. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, 2016 happened. He won. And then it's just, I don't know how you want me to describe the Trump years because we could go on an offshoot about that, but it's just, Lies, misinformation, disinformation, conspiracy theories, craziness, buffoonery, QAnon. That's what's, you know, in, in the shadow of all this, you had you had um, these conspiracy theories developing online and influencing our politicians in, in, those, in that sort of way as well. So, yeah, I, I think off the top of my head, that's that's really this, you know, the, the summary. <laughs> I'm sure you could I'm sure I could say more, but for the sake of time here. <laughs> Yeah, I think you I think you bringing up the southern strategy is is a really great point because I I think that a lot of conspiracy theories that we see today are an extension of the southern strategy. I think the Republican Party as it has continued to lose its its hold on American politics and um and really it, it hasn't lost its hold on American politics as much as it is losing voters which is an inevitable loss of power over time. They've done a really good job of holding power with a minority, but I think that's because of these strategies, right? And I, you know, I think the, the Southern strategy worked for a long period of time, but as we've, as we've moved into a new era, I, I really think that a, a lot of conservatives, you know, you talk about the Koch brothers, um, but I think a lot of conservatives have done a really good job of, of continuing to message out through different platforms, these vague conspiracy theories around, uh, especially uh, liberals, liberal elites, um, socialism, communism, and and really continuing the process of othering uh, when it comes to different races, uh, ethnic uh, identities, religious belief structures, all of those kind of things. And I, you know, so I, I think that that's a really it's a great tie because it it is. It is, in a sense, kind of the expansion of the Southern strategy to 
no longer just focusing on maintaining those slave states through Jim Crow and and other ways, right, uh, of kind of dog whistle racist politics, but really expanding that to to new populations through the, you know, the recruiting tool of um, child sex trafficking. Because who's going to say, oh, yeah, I totally support child sex trafficking, right? Right. Uh, these are really good recruiting strategies to bring people in uh, and then build on top of those ideas. Right. Uh, and, and white supremacists have been doing this for years, right? Uh, go find angry kids that have been abused in their home who have had alcoholic parents. Those are the prime individuals to bring into a white supremacist movement. And, and the, the same concepts are, are kind of utilized through these conspiracy theories. And the way I, the way I see that working, especially for uh, conservatives, is it, it allows them to distract from the real topic. And we named this podcast Trickle Up Politics because there's a real belief that we have to be looking at the working poor and the poor and, and focused on their issues if we're going to, to raise all boats, right? And those are the exact populations that conspiracy theories are meant to segment, meant to create dissidents between individuals within those groups so that we aren't looking at the real issue, which is why do you continue to amass all of this wealth while the rest of us work our asses off for you. I mean, I'm 36 hours into the week and it's fucking Wednesday, right? So uh, I think it, it's those concepts of why are we toiling while you're getting rich? But we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the crazy, you know, Democrats who are uh, eating children and, and sex trafficking, or we're going to talk about how the president isn't actually from this country or we're going to talk about that was um, another one i forgot about that whatever one. <laughs> Again. other crazy idea instead of focusing on the real issues and, and i think that's where um the conspiracy theory disinformation is is really effective and then you look at at russia and their whole disinformation conspiracy theory machine uh, that really started back in uh, what 2016 and played out uh, oh, and, and played that. out to the even predates that, that what's that I would say it predates predates 2016. Right. I, but I, I think that that election cycle was really that's the, yeah. a, a telling cycle that played out exactly how they must have wanted that to play out, right? Uh, because, I mean, at the end of it, we have an armed insurrection where people are literally murdering people in the capital of this country. Uh, if that's not really effective disinformation and splitting of our population... I don't know what is. And I, I think those are kind of the end results that are meant to be created uh, in these situations. Yes. And quite honestly, yes, you hit the nail on the head again. What I was getting at with, with the ruling elite, the ruling class, the millionaires and billionaires, millionaires and billionaires, they absolutely love this. Mark Zuckerberg. They love Zuckerberg this. Or whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> Zuckerberg. I like that one. They love this. They love that they, they don't care. They don't care that Russia is actively spreading disinformation because misinformation, there is a difference between misinformation and disinformation, right? Misinformation is quite in its aim, right? You are misinformed. There are articles out there that you could pick up anywhere right now that is misinformation because it does not have all the facts. Disinformation is actively saying, like, there is a pizza parlor in D.C. that is that has a child sex ring. That is actively that there's there's no way somebody's just misinformed on that, right? That is disinformation. That is actively 
um, has an active purpose, right? And so back to the point, though, uh, the the mil- yeah the ruling class elites they love it. They they Marjorie Marjorie Taylor Greene says something about you know nine eleven. All of a sudden, our eyes are our our eyes are off of COVID relief. Our eyes are off of fifteen dollar minimum wage. Our eyes are off Green New Deal, whatever, whatever it is, or or something else. Another piece of legislation that could be that could be detrimentally horrible for the American people, like more surveillance acts that that Republicans love to try and pass, right? Yeah. Back in two thousand thirteen with CISPA, right? I think it was called CISPA, right? But there's also other ones that they've that they've tried to pass. And they all, you know, they want to keep the eye off the ball, right? Have you swing and miss. So, yeah. So I want to I want to go a little more in depth, leave on with you around the, kind of the impacts that we've seen this have, uh, in particular in, in Congress uh, with individuals like Marjorie Taylor. I, I seriously don't know her fucking name. And I, I don't Marjorie I Taylor Greene. There you go. I don't want to know her name anyway. Um it's pretty sickening to me that that somebody with her background is even in the halls of Congress, right? It's just unbelievable to me. And I I think that, you know, conspiracies were a huge part of, of her run in, in Congress. And, you know, where we're talking about this being an issue of Facebook and social media and kind of these, these new media platforms allowing disinformation and conspiracies to flow really easily and kind of the echo chamber effect of only hearing people that agree with you. I think that there is a, there is another part of technology that we don't talk a lot about that that's pretty pervasive and and leading to some of of the changes in Congress. And I, I think that that is, it originally started that there was trolls online, right? individuals who can anonymously just be complete and utter douchebags and who enjoyed that just being a douchebag to be a douchebag. And I I honestly think that we have seen a transition of people being empowered to do that in an anonymous space and it becoming the norm of conversation to the point where those people are now being elected to Congress. And somehow you being a fucking troll online and thinking it's funny is now the standard of who's going to be in the halls of Congress that you have the ability to go to Congress and, and act as if it's all right to try to get a gun onto the house floor or that it's all right to, to be a bully and call people names, right? Like give me a fucking break. This, this used to be Congress used to be a place where respect and statesmanship was the norm. And, and that's what we as Americans used to expect of those people. And, and now, you know, you get to be a fucking troll in the halls of Congress. And that, that is the norm of at least one of our political parties. And honestly, it, it is in both, right? Both parties are, are tending towards this approach of, I'm just going to say whatever I want and be as, as provocative as I can, uh, because somehow that's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. Um, where it's now, now with, uh, like with, remember No Effects' song, uh, The Idiots Are Taking Over? Yep. Well, yep. that is definitely true, but also the trolls have taken over, right? <laughs> the, the comments section of, of uh, Facebook uh, have taken over. Quite, uh, if you want to go further, the comments section on your local TV uh, news network uh, Facebook page have uh, taken <laughs> over. <Exactly. laughs> um, yeah, so absolutely. 
and that it's you know and that, that you're at, like the, the whole notion of that she that's how she was elected into an office of our of the united states was her platform was a conspiracy theory yeah that there's no no other way to look at it there isn't i i i've looked at her campaign i looked i looked up all that stuff she didn't run on any sort of economic relief for the middle class she didn't run on any sort of um really any of the republican tropes from the last you know 30 years even it was just well i mean it, again one hand feeds the other but it was just this QAnon stuff. <laughs> well, and she, she in particular is a prime example of really everything that's wrong in the Republican Party um, and in politics in general. But she's an example of pure gerrymandering. I mean, she comes from a district that is like com- completely Republican somehow. Like there's not a single Democrat in the whole area. I'm not sure how you pull that off. Uh, and I get that the area is a very conservative, small county in the South. But, I mean, it's those kind of things, right? So she comes from a, a district where you can go out and say outlandish, racist, crazy shit and win 80% of the vote. And that is an example of how Republicans have done an amazing job of institutionalizing their majorities through through gerrymandering and creating these legislative districts that uh, is almost impossible to elect someone that's not a Republican in them. Right, which is also, you know, go, goes into this point. Like, someone like Ted Cruz doesn't believe that, you know, we're going to be forced into Hobbit homes. It's politically expedient because he's Ted Cruz and he's a slime ball. But someone like Major, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who ran on this stuff, actually believes this stuff. And not uh, to mention that... I don't know if I'm going to agree with you, man. Huh? Dude, I, I think it's as expedient for her as it is for him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's both. I think it's a little bit of both. I think... Oh, I don't. If you're if you're running on the, on that ticket like that, you got to believe some of that stuff. It's just so crazy. I don't. Maybe it's just my. <laughs> I I think she's the true. I think she's the true picture of the troll. That's what I think, man. She, you know, she might she's crazy and and she might you know lean that direction. But I, I think it's more about just saying something provocative, and being a complete and utter dick to the rest of society, uh, because that's what your base that's what your constituents want to hear because that that somehow is what's pervasive and you know being non-pc is is what's cool and and that means you say all this provocative crazy stupid shit right and 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 that's what i think she is she's the true example of the troll i i don't think the troll cares i i think i think it's just you know her her being a complete and utter ass uh, yeah. And and Ted Cruz has mastered this, right? Because he's yeah. he is the the largest fucking douchebag in the world. But it, it is what the it is what that segment of the party is really good at right now uh, is just being provocateurs uh, and running their mouth. And I don't think they believe a bit of it most of the time. Well, yeah, I I don't know. I just think that some some of that stuff they do believe and. And maybe it's the maybe it's the, the alt light version of it, whatever, <laughs> um, that that enables them to go to that extreme level, right? And be like, yes, you know, and get get the people to vote for them. But I think the thing is, you and I always worry about what if there is somebody that actually really, really does believe this shit, and how dangerous that could be, right? That well, see, I 
I will disagree. I don't worry about a person that really believes this shit. I I worry about the person that is is smart enough to weaponize it, right? If That's somebody, what I mean. Somebody that has Trump's uh, yes. ability. That's to, what I mean. To sway the Republican Party th- through these tactics, but yet understands the principles of government enough to actually leverage them in a way that makes sense. Trump never understood how government actually functions. Right. He he literally thought, if I'm president, I rule the world. And he found out, oh, shit, there's checks and balances. Now, does that mean those checks and balances hold for somebody that actually understands how the how the Senate fucking operates? Because Trump, does, he didn't have a clue how the Senate operates. Mm-hmm. But if you put somebody in that position that understands how you know, the Senate and the house operate, how, how do you actually pass a bill? Right? Like if he would have ever listened to schoolhouse rocks, we would have all been fucked because our democracy would have been dead. But thankfully uh, he didn't pay attention. That is very true. That is absolutely very true. But what I, what I mean is that there's also that ideological part of it that I feel like Trump, Trump was just all about himself, right? Of course we all know that, but there's also, I think with, with a strong man, a dictator, like what we were saying, that can systematically destroy a democracy, there is that ideological um, power or that power um, that that's fed to them, and that that it really um, empowers them to systematically take down a d- democratic uh, republic, um, like Hitler did. Trump, uh, Trump is just the fucking Republican exactly. mascot, though, right? He's just, exactly. yeah. he is yeah. the Republican mascot, right? Big, fat, white guy, blowhard, that calls people names, right? Like, what's more prototypical fucking American than I alone can fix it? Well, shut the fuck up. Are you saying that, that maybe they're at they're, this is at the peak right now, and, like, the Trumpism, in a sense, is not, I guess, not as bad as alternative? That... The demagoguery of him is the ideology, where is somebody who actually understands government would be far worse, right? Like we were just yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But like, how, how crazy that is to think like, the, the worst case scenario is not also the worst case scenario. No, there could be far worse than Trump, in my opinion. As someone who can stir up the populist base like Trump, but who has a clear understanding of how our government operates and how to dismantle it, right? Because you, you have to understand how it operates to dismantle it. And he he literally, I, I think there was people around him willing to do it, right? Like mm-hmm. that's the other thing. Right. And I think that he was, they didn't realize that the problem was that Trump honestly believed that he was a fucking demigod and that he was going to fix it all himself. And so he didn't listen to them. Because I believe there were people there that were more than willing to turn this country over. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I mean, they, they've said that. Like, there's people in the audience. That, yeah. And and so I, I think that's what's scary is, thank God it was Trump, who is an idiot, who didn't have the ability to do it. Even with people that were willing to do it with him, he still was such an idiot, he couldn't fucking do it. And I'm thankful for that. Uh, but I, I do think that there's a potential for that person to come around. Absolutely. And if they do, do our systems hold the way they did this time? Because it's not it's not like we held strong, right? Like we held, uh, but there was definitely it. some bend. Thankfully, oh, yeah. we didn't break. But, there's a scrape. Know, what, what, is, what, what is our ability to bear that load? And, and I don't know where that breaking point is, um, but we definitely bent further than I imagine we would. And it's really based on 
these concepts of disinformation and and swaying people to focus outside of what's actually happening or what actually matters in terms of a functioning government. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've said this in the past, and I think it's really true. When we talk about Marxism, he talked about religion as the opiate of the masses. I just don't see that being the truth anymore. That has changed. And disinformation, social media, conspiracy theories, you know, those are now the opiates of the masses. Uh, could I be an ass and talk about religion being disinformation? I don't know. Maybe you could you could do that if you really sure. want to be rude. But I, I won't. Of course, <laughs> I won't go there. Um, oh, Sean wouldn't uh, go there. But I mean, we are we are changing. But it's this it's the same approach. It's this, it's the same uh, you know fundamentals of of how to separate people from their government and, and keep them distracted and, and not caring about the things that will actually create real change. Uh, and and I think you know people like Trump thankfully he he was so drunk with power in his ego that he did not realize how much access he had to real power uh in terms of taking control of the government and you know we got lucky 100 percent, and that's how i characterize it is another 80s movie is uh is airplane oh my god what the fuck with the 80s movies today man i mean <laughs> well airplane is one of my favorite movies but yeah, I guess uh, I guess this it taught us some lessons here. The '80s movies taught us some lessons. John Hughes, you know. And anyway, it's kind of like the you know the cra- the crash land. You know, they land on the runway, but they still have to get off. You know, get off of the um, you know in, on the emergency uh, uh, slide or whatever. It's like yeah, we made it, but we still had to like have this emergency landing. <laughs> like we had a brace for impact. So that's that's what I, I see here is in, in this environment that we have just to wrap it all up right is there it is it is it is primed for something exactly that we fear unfortunately but that's where I'll end that <laughs> you have any final thoughts no I I, I think I ranted enough <laughs> you are the ranter I'm all right with that <laughs> before we go um, looking ahead to the next week what do you have Sean. Uh, well, you know, I'm I'm excited to to watch uh, immunization rates. Um, really hoping to to see us kind of have a, a new growth of, of first round vaccinations because there's been a pretty steep decline in that. So I'm hoping that that's been a result primarily of just kind of uh, institutions holding back that second shot for people. Uh, and so I'd like to see us really get to that first round again and get more people. Uh, into the process uh you know past that i think outside of politics um i'm ready for a weekend where i'm gonna uh, go out to to dinner a couple times feeling the uh feeling the freedom of vaccination a little bit so gonna hang out with some vaccinated folks and uh flaunt my my superiority around others uh, which we have done already that yeah no totally and i i will continue to do it like I am special. I am part of the thirty yeah. percent. Yeah, wait till Karen gets a hold of that, right? That that um <laughs> that strategy. Oh, well, I'm vaccinated. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, no, I, yeah, it is. It is. It is like you're right. I think you kind of said it um, when last week. You said it's interesting. Like this development in society, we're having like this, like the vaccinated, fully vaccinated people. It's not just like vaccinated; it's fully vaccinated people. And yeah, we are kind of in that like group that really actually small group right now uh, fully vaccinated and it is it is interesting to be living in the world early on in this effort so 
but yeah, ditto on that. I'll be looking for that. And also the new CDC guidelines for vaccinated people should be coming out soon. And Sea Wolves coming up. I don't think that's this week, but next weekend. So outside of politics or world issues, that is what I'm looking forward to because it'll be nice to, uh, yeah, pay attention to a little bit more sports. Um, I've got my English Premier League. I got Liverpool, but it, it's nice to have some other other things come into play as well and just distract myself a little bit. <laughs> um, I want to also welcome the executive producer, Mr. Steven. He uh, is producing our show. Why don't you say something, man? Thanks for having me. Glad to be a part of it. Thanks for being here. We're glad you're part of it. We'll see if I can actually help do any good. I have I have much faith in you, and I'm I'm really excited to see how things kind of change and grow uh, with somebody coming in and and cutting us up a little bit better than we've been cutting ourselves up. Good things are happening. It's, it's nice to have somebody living outside of our own pride, right? <laughs> <laughs> Although, Stephen, I noticed you're the only one without a rainbow in your screen, so you're gonna need. To oh fix that. yeah, you're gonna you're gonna need to fix that, my friend. I don't know if I have one now. I'm sure the podcasters won't mind too much. <laughs> All right. Well, yes, welcome, Stephen. This has been awesome. Looking forward to next week. You'll be hearing us next week. We look forward to seeing you in in that weird sense. Anyway, <laughs> for Trickle Up Politics, this has been Levon and Sean. Say goodbye, Sean. Adios. Please don't use that. Just I'll say goodbye. <laughs> All right. You all stay brilliant out there. Stay healthy. Stay safe. See you all next time.